Some know him as Drag, some know him as J-Rag, some know him as Junior Egg, some know him as J-Regular, but I know him as Friend Greg. Greg is a YouTuber with uh, his main channel, J-Reg. On his second channel, he talks a lot about being an artist and creativity. So that's what he and I had a conversation about, creativity, art. What does it take to actually be creative and get your work out there? And in the spirit of our conversation, this video is not edited. Greg, he drops a couple swear words. There's just the S word and he does say, I'm sorry, <laughs> after he does it. So it's like no big deal. Does it even count if I don't say it on the channel? Like it's, it's probably fine. Just thought I'd point that out since, uh, since I don't swear in my videos, people might be shocked. So here you go, unedited, me and Greg. I need infinity frames per second. Yeah, and then you can like slow it up or speed it down as you need. I used to be very opposed to 60 frames a second, and I was like, it looks bad. Ugh. And now I shoot everything at 60 frames per second because I feel like it looks bad. I think, huh. you know, it's like, it's weird because it's like fewer frames per second. When you get to 24, it makes us think cinema. Mm -hmm. So it's like, ooh. But then I realized like these comedy YouTubers are in 60 frames a second, which makes it, it gives it that, you know, that low, low art edge to right. it. You know, I like I was watching Caleb City and he does everything at 60 frames per second. But then he had one random one where it was in 24 frames per second. And I was like, what are you doing, dude? Like, what are you trying? Are you trying to be better than you are? Like, uh, I don't appreciate that. Do you so, think he even did that consciously or he just like didn't even realize what setting the camera was on? I have a feeling he didn't know what setting I, the camera was on. Because like if, if that's the case for me, like I'm not aware of what, what, even, what FPS I'm shooting on most of the time. Uh, I just turn the camera on and I go. Yeah, which is crazy. Like JJ is the same way. He doesn't know anything about his camera, and yeah. I'm like a gear guy. So I'm like, yes. I in all the all the granular settings, I'm shooting everything in like four three ratio, five k. Like that's I'm a problem of high conscientiousness, Frank James. Who would have known? I scored one uh, percent conscientiousness. Yeah, well, on, that's, uh, the tests are bad. It's yeah. So you're clearly you're clearly conscientious, and Jay is associated with high conscientiousness. Yeah. Well, that I mean, it was it was JBP's test. He uh, he failed. Yeah. Well, that. because the, the problem with conscientiousness is it's both like industriousness and then it's like self-reported cleanliness, which are like kind of different things. Right. And the other weird part of it is um, like rule following and like yeah. the importance of if you should follow the rules or not, where it's like, I'm a big rule follower, but I just don't, yeah. you know, keep things organized. As soon as you get out of frame here, it's just a pile of stuff. So. Right. Yeah. Huh, interesting. The, the gear guys, the gear guys are, uh, they're important. They're important, but you know, it, it's, it's kind of good that we're, we were talking about this earlier. It's good that, uh, it's freeing us up to less focus on gear and more just focus on content. The, the new developments in, in technology and such. Because um, it lets you be more high level in the, the ideas that you're working with instead of just tinkering around with uh, with the computer too much. Yeah, wait, so you think the gear lets you be more high level or the uh, other the, stuff? The, uh, the technology, the AI stuff, for example, like, you know, there's a there's the, the new thing that you can like have really shitty audio, really bad audio, sorry, I shouldn't swear. This is a family friendly <laughs> podcast. Um, really bad uh really bad audio and then the ai will just like figure out what your voice sounds like and like make it sound good 
Yeah, actually, my editor used that in Premiere because I recorded oh. a video on my iPhone, and it was like because I was like uh, I was doing an experiment where I, where I I thought to myself, nobody cares, <laughs> so. I just shot it on the iPhone and the audio was the worst part of it. And the AI was able to like, it brought a weird quality to it that um, was, it, it was pretty good, but it also made me sound slightly like someone else. I also had a cold while I was doing it. So it made it sound like the cold was even worse than it was. <laughs> uh, but it, but it's great. Yeah, I thought it hey was. Everybody, uh, it's, it's me, Frank James, except slightly different from you remember than you remember me and extremely sick, like dying. Yeah. <laughs> I need to make this video to pay for my my medical bills. Uh-huh. Cuz that's in America we have to pay for our medical bills. True. Whereas in Canada we just die. You just um, die. <laughs> or they kill or the or they kill you. They give you a little injection. Right, it's yeah. Night, no more no more being a burden on the healthcare system. Right? <laughs> thank you, thank you government. Um anyway, okay, let's 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 bring this let's bring this cast to the uh, the original purpose, which is yeah. I need, uh, I need to talk about, uh, trying to be a coaching guy in my art profession. Yeah. So here you, maybe you can help me with this, Frank James. Sure. Um, maybe you can be my therapist. So that's what I do. Yeah. So, uh, um, I've, I've, I've been encouraging people to make art my whole life. Um, I've been helping people, uh, figure out their artistic goals and like working through them. And it, it, you know, in a way it's kind of like an art therapy sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm talking to them about the kinds of things that are preventing them from making art, like their own internal resistance, uh, the things that are preventing them from making the kinds of art that they want to create. Like, Oh, maybe my mom would, would not like it and I can't do it because of that yeah. or whatever. Um, and I, 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 this is something I really love to do. It's something that I'd like to do as a job. Um, but at the same time, when it comes down to making uh, a formal pitch to my audience and saying, this is what I'm going to provide you and this is what we're going to do and this is a serious thing that I'm serious about, I have, a, I have trouble. I have trouble uh, bringing myself to say, this is a service that's going to be worth your time. Um, so that, that's, that's, that's basically where I'm at. What do you, what do you think about that? Well, is I mean, there are multiple layers that could be at work here. Is the issue is the issue asking the audience for their money? Is the issue the feeling that uh, well, it could be that, and th once they give me the money, they will be like, "This was not worth that much." I'm actually, I'm actually not worried about that second part. I think okay, I think once like. Once we start doing the calls regularly, I, I'm positive people will have a good experience because I've done this with people before and they always they've always had a good experience. They've always said that this is like very helpful for them. We, we did a kind of micro example of that uh, in terms of incorporating a new medium. We did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With the and, you know, yeah, I, 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 you seem to you seem to like it. Yes, uh, you, you coached me through it. You uh, <laughs> and it was then it was like uh, measurable positive results that had I paid for it, it would have been worth it. Okay. Well, I'm going to clip this out of context for my, uh, <laughs> um, had I paid for it, it would have been worth it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, cause I've been doing it for free for my friends basically, because it's just something that I do naturally. Like yeah. I, I, it's something that in a vacuum, I just can't help myself, but do it. Like if someone mentions an artistic project that they're working on to me, I have no choice. I have no choice but to say, if you're serious about that, you're going to tell me when it's going to get done right now. 
And yeah. that's the uh, that's the sort of strategy that I use, which is like I give them deadlines, which well, no, they give themselves deadlines, and I hold them to their own deadline. So right. I just try to figure out what makes sense to them. So I'm not imposing anything. I'm just saying like I'm gonna make you take yourself seriously, and that's a big part of what art is. It's like you can take your own artistic perspective seriously enough to make that art. But a lot of people don't believe in themselves enough to make that make that art happen. And sometimes they just need a little bit of an external push. And I, I'm very happy. I, you know, my my goal eventually is to just be that sort of role. And that's the sort of sincere role in a world where like I'm typically my presence online is more of an ironic thing, you know? Yeah. So is the in an ironic twist, is the issue here that you are like struggling to take yourself seriously in that role of being coach? Yeah. Yeah. No. I think that's I think that's a big part of it. It's it's just like being being uh, fully sincere. Like I've sold things before in an ironic capacity, and that's that's fine. I felt good about that. Like I sold Dragcoin, which is like a hundred, like basically uh, fake NFTs, like emails for fifty dollars each. That, that right. sold in like an hour, uh, wow. and that, that was fine because like that was just an ironic thing. I wasn't um, I wasn't offering myself in a sincere capacity. But for me to do this, it's it feels very outside of my comfort zone. Yeah, so that's 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 just that. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of a true observation that you made. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. ironic. It's very yeah. Ironic. Well, I mean, I think though the thing is that you know you'd be selling this uh, mainly through your second channel, which focuses on these kind of things. And there, I mean, your second channel is there is no lack of irony, but I think the people mm -hmm. who watch that channel get it, like they understand what's going on better than maybe your average viewer on the main channel would. Yeah. Although there is some, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, there, there are some people who still, who still like what, this is just the, this is just something I like to play with on YouTube is like, if you post something where you're clearly in character because of the way that all, all the videos work, uh, people will think that you're being genuine because there'll be like, there will always be new people coming in through recommended that, right. oh, this person is serious. So I made, uh, to my mind, which was, which was like a very obvious parody of, um, like a red pill person who, uh, like just <laughs> gets mad at women basically. Right. But there were, uh, there were still people who were like, mm, this is, this is so true. You're like, so true. Even though it's, Ooh, it's yeah. like, women, I don't like them. Yeah. Um, what that, I saw that video. It was like, what, five things I learned in my twenties. Five life lessons I learned in my twenties. So the point of that yeah. video is like, uh, I say like, um, the, the point of that video is that wisdom and advice always comes from an egoistic perspective. Like it's, it's someone who, uh, has had some things happen to them and now they're generalizing it and making it into like this big, thing right. that everyone needs to know uh that's that's like the the, the the source of all advice so obviously if someone has been like had a traumatic relationship experience all of their relationship advice is going to be from that perspective which is like kind of a meta way of sorting sorting through or filtering through advice um so that was that was like the point of that uh that video but like yeah you're right there's no shortage of irony on that channel either um yeah <laughs> But I mean, but, um, well, yeah, you're right that like the people who are just like stumbling upon it, they won't get it. Um, but but it's like, you know, I have the second channel. I presume that this video will go up on my second channel. The And it's like the people who are there really want to be there. Although now that I'm talking through it, I'm like, yeah, but I'm there are probably a lot of people there who wouldn't get it if I made some kind of higher level character. Um but th that's what's so frustrating is like you may it, uh, within a YouTube video, 
you make it where it's like this is clearly the point but then people like mangle it and get another point out of it yeah um, I, i've sort of uh I've, I've sort of just embraced that that's a part of the internet uh yeah. like so by doing what we call what we call a post-ironic meta-ironic kind of uh aesthetic you can sort of make it so that if someone believes that it's one way then they're right but if they kind of believe it in another way they're also right because you were intending it you were sort of building in both of those realities into 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 the work and so that's what i try to do right yeah which uh, i mean i appreciate that because it is it, it for the people who get it all all together mm -hmm. it's very satisfying because they see the layers and they're like oh dude some people stopped at this layer but i got it all the way like i i am big brain over here um and it's also hard to do but it's um and i i think that it's uh something you do very well your your channel often reminds me of uh it's like andy kaufman-esque in a way sort mm -hmm. of a lot of the the high level concept stuff that you do where it's clearly sometimes the joke is just in seeing the title and thumbnail like you don't even have to watch the video just conceptually you're like oh man that's really creative and good um and but then you actually go through and execute it <laughs> which is where you know the artistic respect i have for you is like oh man he didn't just have the idea. He didn't just, you know, do some kind of like clickbait thing. It was what you think it is. And right. uh, yeah. So then I guess going back to the question is, what well, what's your deal <laughs> with with the coaching? Let me turn on a light also. Let's shed some light on this. Mm -hmm. uh, ooh, do I look better now? Um, what it looks, it looks good before you look good now. I want to show that I am, uh, you know, bright the like what so have you identified what the hang-up is with the coaching and wanting to present yourself is it more is it the coaching or is it the the sincerity bit as i i think, I, I, think I think it's back it's the uh it's it's a mixture of like the sincerity uh like you know doing something sincerely uh it's it's a you know asking for money in the, in the sense, like, you know, being like, okay, this is a good enough service that, and my time is worth worthwhile enough to actually charge for this. That's, that's a part of it. And then another part of it is like, uh, there's like this, this, this hustler university stuff online where you, right. pay, you pay some amount of money and you get basically just like these pre-recorded modules or yeah. uh, stuff like that. And like, that's not what I'm offering at all. It's like, it's like a one-on-one -on -one sort of talk. And more of a deeper, deeper relationship, deep, deeper uh, um, mentorship sort of relationship. And you know, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I'll just cut up this podcast and make this the ad, and <laughs> that would work better. Because <laughs> then, because like I think, I think that's probably the thing is like uh, impromptu. Like I, I can explain the value pretty clearly when I'm just talking to somebody. But like uh, apropos of nothing, talking about it, it seems a little more. It's like a little bit more uncomfortable for me. Uh, yeah, well, especially because it's like there is the implicit like, hey, I turned on the camera with the intent of saying this to you so that you will, you know, buy this service. Yeah. Whereas, you know, when you're when you're just talking to someone in a conversation, it's like, well, this is, you know, it's natural for me to bring it up. There's no um, behind the scenes. It's just like, here's what it is. Yeah, I, I think I think also the big shame in um, a lot of artists have a lot of shame about making money off of uh, anything. Uh, yeah. They they view it as like uh, sort of 
I don't know, I don't know, impure, you know, like it ruins the integrity of the art. Uh, yeah. Can't be an, integ an integral person with uh, you're making money somehow. Um, but there's really no way around it, especially in the modern day. Like you got to, you got to do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you got, you got to be able to live. And that's the, that's one of the, the problem is when the money gets, is like becomes a competing factor with like, what are you going to do or yeah. like what you choose to produce, which is the thing that I struggle with. And, uh, which is one of the things I talked about you when you were giving me my free coaching session is, uh, I was like, the specific circumstance was I was, I was feeling kind of burned out. I didn't really enjoy a lot of the videos I was making, but then I was making an ad for better help. And I was like, dude, I'm so into this. Why do I care? <laughs> like, this is wrong. Why am I so like, I felt artistically fulfilled making a commercial basically. And I'm like, why don't I feel that for like the stuff that's mine? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I'm shilling for a brand and I feel better about it. And a lot of it is just the thing where it's like, Hey, it's my job. So there, the success or failure of the art goes beyond just like validation. It's also like, I don't get paid if this video doesn't do well. Mm. And then with YouTube, especially, there is the, and I'm sure it's like this with many other uh, arts that you could do for a living, is the the worry that one failure is just the beginning of the slide into, you know, this isn't going to work out. And mm -hmm. so then it's just like mounting pressure, ultimately because of the money, but that's like secondary to the success of, of mm -hmm. the the art. But it it's... The, ultimately, the reason why it was easier to do the commercial is because there was no failing. Like they were going to pay me no matter how it turned out. It didn't matter if people liked it. it. Didn't matter if people watched. I got the money either way. So there's no failure, which unlocked my ability to do whatever I wanted. And so yeah. um, I was able to like get into that flow state, if you will, where I could just you know work several hours on a 60 second segment. Mm -hmm. Um. So that that's just an illustration of it, you walked me through that. You know that was uh, you know an illustration of how you can uh, how you have you helped me and dealing with that money aspect on my end. Oh well, I'm I'm very happy to hear it. Wow. Um, my life yeah. has improved dramatically since. <laughs> <laughs> okay, excellent. That's that's going in the ad. Uh, <laughs> um, only the insincere bits make it in. Just the, just when you're not being sincere, I'll put that in. Um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, that's of, of how I feel about YouTube as well. The instability, the complete instability where like, uh, if you get like a, a poor performing video, you're like, well, this is the beginning of the end. <laughs> yeah. And you just see your whole future in front of you and just like, until you're getting like 15 views a video. Um, right. yeah. and then the, and then that coupled with the money thing. I, I mean, I really should. Uh, I really should be. This, this just reminds me. I should really be taking more sponsorships. I, I got to a point where I was like, mm, I don't want to take sponsorships anymore. But uh, in retrospect, it's just nice to be able to be like, okay, no matter what happens, I'm making this amount of money from the video, and my time is going to be rewarded instead of sort of like, well, I shouldn't have even made this video because now my next video is going to do worse because of my my analytics, blah blah blah. YouTube really is a sometimes a real torturous experience. Um, but, yeah. It's, I mean, it's like, well, I know like one of my least, one of my least favorite things is YouTubers complaining about being YouTubers, but it is like easy to do because when you're on this side of it, you're like, sometimes it just feels like 
what do I have? You know, I'm, I'm the dancing monkey over here, but it's not good enough. Like, what else do I need to do yeah. to make this work like it used to work? Or, right. you know, to, it, to grow mean, it, or whatever. It is, it is often, it is often this painful process of realizing that you need to try something different. Uh, and that, that's, been, that's a little bit of what we talked about, like incorporating a different medium or trying a different way. Like just using that as the impetus to force yourself to change and try something different. Um, yeah. But it's hard to do. And like change is always a bit of death. And like that's why it's painful is because you're dying a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, that's true. Especially uh, in this specific circumstance where change means leaving behind the familiar of... Uh, something you know works or used to work, even if it's not working, you're like, it used to work, maybe it'll work again. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so then going out on a limb, especially if you've done it before and it didn't work out, it makes you like, oh man, this feels very precarious. Mm -hmm. uh, but if, uh, I guess who is your, like, who would you hope to reach with the coaching? Because I feel like um, not every, like, I can't imagine that you want to reach just a bunch of, uh, other YouTubers, like you're probably a lot of people who are just getting started or who are doing this as a side job while they have a regular job. Mm -hmm. So who are you most looking to uh, connect with, with these uh, coaching calls? And like, what do you, what, what do you hope that, or ideally, what do you think that their direction would be like to become full-time artists or just to become better artists or to just mm -hmm. whatever they want? Like what, what do you have in mind? Yeah, I think uh, my goal originally with the giving advice to artists and stuff is just like, you know, I'm, I'm basically just yelling at myself when I turn the camera on, I'm looking at myself in the viewfinder. I'm like, listen up, you need to do your work. You need to sit down. You need to be better as a person. <laughs> or yeah. But um, uh, so when I when I think about the kinds of people I want to reach, it's like, I mean, I'm giving myself basically my past self advice a lot of the time. And right, so exactly. It is people who are like in my scenario, in my circumstance when I was younger, where like I really, really, really more than anything else wanted to just make a living off of my art and I would do anything to get there because that's all I wanted to do and nothing else made me happy. And that's probably a symptom of a larger problem, but let's ignore that for now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's, it's people I think that, and I, I'm also just happy to talk to talk about art to anybody in any circumstance, whether they're like uh, very well experienced or, and they're like making it already but they just need a little bit of help, uh, which was your situation, or uh, someone who is just completely brand new. Um, but really, like, I want someone who is sort of in the middle, and they have projects that they've completed before, um, which means that they're capable of doing more projects like that. They're not a total, like, lost cause. But they just have, like, procrastination issues. They've been working on a novel for, like, two years with no end in sight, and they haven't heard about things like setting yourself tangible deadlines and they have never had anyone in their life that cares about them enough to actually hold them accountable to their own goals because most people yeah. don't care most people don't uh sit down with you and ask you about your project and tell you to like think it out define it make sure it makes sense set yourself actionable deadlines so that you actually complete the project most people are like oh you're working on a novel oh that's cool and then that's it like that like that's 99.9 percent .9 of people but if yeah. you actually want to finish your novel you, you need to feel at least as though there is one other person that cares about it a lot of the time i mean you can just sit alone by yourself 
getting no feedback about it, no information about how to market it, no sort of mentorship whatsoever. But that's a very lonely, isolating, atomizing experience that I don't think is conducive to making good art. Right. Yeah. That's that. That's very true because most people aren't uh, creative, or at least they haven't tapped into the creativity, and so they just don't get it. So if you say you're doing, or it's like, maybe they get it, but they just don't want to like pry. They don't want to interfere with your process. Or maybe even they're, they are a creative person, but they haven't, uh, they don't feel like uh, that's the right thing to do to be like, dude, you need to do this. They're more like, do whatever you want, man. Just feel it out. Just find the inspiration. And uh, it's because it's not intuitive. Be, you know, talking about you mentioned the big five earlier. If whether we uh, edit that out, or not. <laughs> um, like artists tend to be high in openness to experience, but low in conscientiousness, and so they have all these ideas. They can, uh, you know, come up with a bunch of uh, moving art and not do it because they don't have the that conscientiousness to like set a deadline to do one thing at a time mm. to work on something else than the dopamine hit of getting into the flow, you yeah. know, because inspiration uh, to me, if we're just, it's really just like you have an idea and then your brain gives you some dopamine. You're like, Oh, that's a good idea. And then you start to work on it and you, your brain just keeps giving you that, that high mm -hmm. and you can't rely on that. Cause it's not going to be there all the time. Yeah. Many such cases. I actually, um, I, I think low conscientiousness people, because I'm low conscientiousness, like that, I think there's a good fit there. Um, but also, I've one of my clients, one of my friends, because I have been doing this for a while. Uh -huh. and I, I have a regular calls with with one of my friends. Um, and he's he's actually very high conscientiousness. And what we work on is actually getting him to lower his standard of quality a little bit so that he can uh -huh. actually get stuff out. So I've, I've been holding him to a uh, uh, getting something out every few weeks and he says he's you know the most productive he's ever been in his whole life and he like really likes actually like being able to get more things out because at, at the rate he was going you know he was making great stuff but like only like one good thing a year which was not quick enough to actually make sure that he makes it as an artist before he dies which is my goal for him right uh, so it works both ways in the conscientiousness thing that's true yeah because if you get to perfectionism it's very easy to like never do anything yeah because likewise, you you're not uh, you're not ever satisfied. You're not getting that dopamine hit, and you're like, oh, this is you know, I better just like leave it. Better mm -hmm. to keep working on it. Uh, although the, the one interesting thing, and I, I'd like to hear what you think about this, is the idea, like the the amount of stuff that a person can produce like how prolific someone is the speed at which you work because on youtube it encourages like a very rapid output like yeah. you just you can't stop yeah and for me it's like this is this is getting too fast especially because i've released like you know two three videos a week for a while yeah um I mean, you have so, a crazy you have a crazy schedule like you're you're one of the most productive youtubers i know yeah, well, I mean, I uh, I look busy. That's <laughs> so. I guess so. The question is, like, how do you dial into the right um, uh, frequency? Uh, how do you know if you're working too fast, too slow? Is just the enjoyment of what you're doing enough? Because I remember, 
It might even be apocryphal, a quote from uh, the author Donna Tartt, who wrote The Goldfinch. She, she releases like one book every 10 years. And she's like, if you're not enjoying writing, you're writing too fast. Mm. But I feel like one book every 10 years might be yeah. might be a little <laughs> right. slow. I don't know. So what what would you how would you approach that with someone who's like struggling to find their tempo? Right. I think uh, I think that there's you have to take into account your internal uh, motivations and your external motivations. So like internally, you don't want to burn out. So if you're uh, if you, the process is not working out for you, if you feel bad about it, then you're going to burn out eventually. But if it's something that you could do, even if you weren't making any money on it, then that's like you could do that indefinitely. You could do that forever. Like there are just some things I could I could do forever. I wouldn't want to like I could I could probably play video games until I die. But that would be good for me. But I could and I would never burn out from playing video games. Um, but then there's also your external validation, which is the one out of 10 on YouTube. You get the pew or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, or you know, you're like a painter. Maybe you sell your painting for like a high price. You know, money, external success, that that that's all other stuff. So like there is a balance between the internal and the external, I would say. Uh, you Like it's not – there are some people who are fully internally motivated. I actually know some YouTubers like this. And I think it's bad. Because you can get so internally motivated, you're creating like this big story in your head, this big world of ideas. And then maybe people just aren't interested in that world you're creating. You know, you you fall to the wayside and then you can't do it full time anymore. Uh, On the other end, you have people who are purely externally motivated and then they become completely interchangeable because they're just filling a market niche. And it's like, oh, well, the world needs... Uh, videos about bubble gum and I make I'll make those videos even though there's nothing really about me that you're coming for it's just the bubble gum videos so you want right. like, to strike a balance you want to like I am this person and I like talking about this and this is my thing but also here's this value that I can provide for you and I think you fill that niche I think you fill that niche very well and I oh. aim to fill that niche as well uh, you know try, try to be you know sustainable for myself but also provide value provide like this is something that will actually make your life better. It's not just noise, not just more noise on the internet of the endless noise. It's something that will bring you actual value and make you think and like good art make this is that is exactly that. It makes you think, it makes you change your mind on things and it brings value to your life. I, I, I like to think, I like to think. Yeah, well, I mean, I think even if it's, uh, well, I guess that also brings up the question of the line between entertainment and art but it's like, yeah, what's the point in producing something if it's not going to bring something to someone? You know, if someone's not going to feel something, or at least if they're not going to uh, laugh, if they're if people don't feel like their time is well spent consuming it, then yeah. what's the point? Well, we're, we're, we both have extroverted feeling, Frank James. So maybe this is all just a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> we're both we're both we're both at least a little focused on uh, on providing social value to others and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's I mean, it's really hard to uh, it's hard to turn that off um, to to uh, not feel like I'm just, oh, what do people want to do? Let me do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things about YouTube is I think it's going too far towards that. Uh, like just do whatever it is to get the views. And it's like what some people have called like the Mr. Beastification of YouTube, where it's like everyone just wants, everyone sees he's getting views. Let me do what he does. Of course, you can't do it unless you have a lot of money. Um, But then it's like what you said, you just become interchangeable with a bunch of other people because yeah, you can do the same formula, but it doesn't matter unless you can bring something unique to the table. 
And uh, I mean, that's something I've been thinking about a lot. I'm glad you brought that up. Just like, how do I be, how do I be more myself in, in the work I do? Because I feel like, uh, like I'm just constantly trying to like figure out how to be other people, how to like mm. replicate what other people do. Mm. Uh, like, do you, do you feel that way ever? Or do you like, do you, how much do you struggle with being yourself? Which way do you skew more towards being too much yourself or not enough? <laughs> I think, uh, I think I might be too much myself to a detrimental point, uh, yeah. a lot of the time. Um, and I often think about like, ah, oh, I should have just, you know, uh, kept making the stuff that I know would do well instead uh-huh. of doing all this weird avant-garde shit that maybe people don't like as much stuff. Sorry, oh, swearing <laughs> on this family-friendly podcast. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, shoots, uh, <laughs> um, I started thinking about how you don't swear, Frank James. It's very, very endearing, very wholesome. Uh, even, even in your videos, <laughs> when you're when you're swearing, you you just go shoot and then you bleep it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, I lost I lost track of what I was saying. Too many, uh, too, many too much yourself when you oh, could yeah. have just. I think, uh, I, think I think I'm probably am. Uh, um, but at the same time, I, I like to think that um, my the strategy I think that's worked for me is like no matter what I'm doing, even if it's sort of just like a chair list video, which is I, I know going to have like a wide appeal, just bring myself into the art. Whatever I'm doing, I'll bring a bit of art to it. I'll bring a bit of my own artistic brand to whatever I'm doing. And it doesn't matter the structure or the frame. I can always bring a bit of my soul into it. And hopefully that soul will shine through and people will will notice that. I don't, I don't know if that works, but that's that's been my my idea. That's been the strategy. Yeah, I'm, I mean, and you've done a lot of uh, shifting around on YouTube because you had a pretty established, I don't know, well, it, yeah, it was a pretty established niche, like talking about the political stuff. A mm-hmm. lot of people were, it was, it was very analogous to what I do, where it's like personality types, except it was like per- political personality types. Yeah. And then you uh, shifted away from that mm-hmm. and haven't really gone back. I mean, yeah. you've kind of like gone near it. You've kind of gone adjacent to it a few times. Mm-hmm. So what was behind, because that's like, a, you know, a risky move, but it seems yeah. like it came from a point of like, I I can't do this anymore. Like, you know, I've yeah. exhausted this or it's like, what, what else is there to say? So what went yeah. through your mind when you were changing there? Yeah, well, what I'll say is I still have a lot of complicated thoughts about what I did there. But yeah, I, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I know what I am and I'm an artist and I want, I don't want to be known for one thing. Um, and I don't want to just keep myself in one box. And so I, I sort of did introduce this idea of like going through different eras on my channel and trying different uh, different things out. At the same time, though, and I did like talking about politics and I, I do think a lot about um, just making like a separate channel where I can put all the political stuff and just sort of compartmentalize it. And I know, yeah. I know that would do well. I know people would like it. I know I would do, like doing it, but then I can keep my main channel for just higher level artistic projects. Um, I've thought about that a lot, uh, but I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I would make the channel and then I would just like lose interest in it in like a month. And then I just have another dead channel floating around. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's something I've been thinking about a lot recently. Cause I, I do have, I have a lot of like, you know, a lot of political stuff that I want to talk about still, but it's hard to just talk about politics for me because for me, everything is everything else. So like politics is mental illness, is atomization, is, you know, gender frameworks, is political frameworks, is it's all, all this stuff is like intimately connected, is like youth culture, is irony, is like Gen Z politics, blah, 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 blah all this yeah. 
it. So it's hard to just talk about one thing. And that's, that's, that's been my problem. Like, I think my, the overarching theme that I try to stick to is like frameworks, like ways of uh, interpreting reality in the world. And, you know, personality uh, is one of those frameworks as well, right? Like, yeah. so uh, it's, just, it's just ways of like cutting through the noise and, and seeing the world in a certain way. And I find that interesting because I have a hard time cutting through the noise. I mostly just see noise. So, uh, so that's, that's been my interest. And that's, I think, a low conscientiousness probably a trait or something like that. I don't know. But uh, it, very, <laughs> it very well could be. Uh, do you, like, when you, so you're, the, the first big hit you had was the uh, political compass rap, right? Yeah. Uh, so when you made that, uh, I, uh, apologies for not doing the, my podcastly host duties. Uh-huh. Um, was that sort of like, Oh, this is a big hit. Let me continue talking about this. Had you been talking about politics up to that point? Was there intent behind, Hey, I'm stepping into this niche or was it like, Oh, I can, you know, I can ride this wave. Like, how did that happen? Cause I know a lot of times it seems like when I look at a lot of channels, people kind of just stumble onto what they end up doing forever after that. Yeah. I mean, um, like that's basically what happened is, uh, I had, I had other political, I had like this other political video called anti-centrism before that. And yeah. then, and then I did the political compass rap and then people would find the, uh, the old political video. And I seemed that I seem to have been stumbling upon something that like no one else was doing in the political sphere. So I decided to just pursue that. Um, but I also was very conscious as soon as that happened that like, that's how a lot of YouTubers get started and they get stuck in doing something that they don't necessarily want to do forever. And so I did try to make a conscious effort to shift away from that at certain, at a certain point. So I was like, I'm going to do my web series. And at the end of my web series, I'm going to try to shift away. And so that's what I did. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it was, it was kind of an intentional thing. Like I was like, you, and, and that's why I do recommend to artists a lot, like, when they're just starting off, try as many different things as possible. Like move laterally as much as possible. Try different topics as much as possible because you never know what's going to hit. And then when you hit, like, you're, you know, you're basically trying, you're like a mad scientist experimenting with like 100 different chemicals. And then when you find two chemicals that you mix together that work, okay, now you can start decomposing the chemicals and like getting really deep, d- digging, uh, digging vertically into that, yeah. into that ground that you've just discovered is fertile, right? Uh, and that's, that's what I did. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, that's what I would recommend to people who are just starting off. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I would say even because you, and you talked about this in one of your videos on the second channel about moving laterally, where it's like some people go really deep with something that's just not working because they haven't tried anything. And the, the trying a bunch of different stuff is, you know, a lot of times the solution to that, or yeah. even like in in my case, the example I brought up earlier, it's like I tried a different series on my channel that was just it wasn't that different than what I had been doing. It was just like slightly to the side of it, and yeah. you know it worked out. Right. Um, so, what is the like? How do you find the balance there? I feel like all my questions are like, how do you find the balance between these two extremes? Well, I'm a um, but- <laughs> so that's that's great. Uh, I'm all about it, balancing extremes. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like the extreme between if I stick to this long enough, uh, I'll get it to work out. You know, I like not quitting before you've given it a try, mm-hmm. but also like trying a bunch of different stuff. And of course, it's diff- like it's hard to get out of the YouTube mindset for me, yeah, at least. For me and of well. course, this is going to be on YouTube. So yeah. a lot of times things just refer back to how do you make a channel? Yeah, no, I, I have that. Actually, I have that exact problem where I'm trying to like give generalized art, art advice 
And then I'm like, oh, I'm just talking about being a YouTuber. Yeah. It's like it's 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 hard to it's it, it you, this stuff solidifies in your brain before you even realize it. And yeah. Yeah, and I'm trying to make my art advice like applicable to as many different kinds of people as possible. But at the same time, it, it, that that's kind of why I made that um <laughs> that advice video on my second channel, where I was just like, obviously, my advice was just coming from my own personal experience or like whatever this character's personal experience is, because like that's where all advice comes from. And sometimes right. it's more obvious <laughs> than when than not. Uh, but yeah, how do you strike that balance? I don't know. I mean, I think for me. Um, completing a big project in that sphere is kind of like a good way to cap it off. So like I did a web series and like I finished the web series and that's, that was a big thing for me because like I followed a lot of things on the internet that never got finished, like web comics and, uh, and stuff like that, that would just like end abruptly because they went on for like 12 years. And I was like, no, I'm going to finish this. And so I like, I finished the series and then I'm like, okay, it's time to consciously move on to something else. At the same time, it might be something like maybe you get, uh, maybe you like get get started on something and then you you allow it to like uh continue in a way where you're like it's like financially sustainable or something like it can run itself and then you can like go and do some stuff on the side and plant some more seeds and see if you can get another hit but you're not you're not as worried this time around because you've got your main uh your main successful things providing your brand and stuff and i i think if i if i regret anything it's just like I probably should have just made a second channel immediately and just like kept posting political stuff on like a new channel or something and mm. tried to get that running and like made made my merch over there so that I I wouldn't be so stressed about other things like it's not like oh I have to have this new series succeed and be just as successful or else I'm going to you know not be making enough money or have enough views or whatever to sustain myself. So yeah, I don't know, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's like the uh, it seems like the intentionality is the difference, because if you're just like the difference between I'm trying a bunch of different things, but I'm intentionally going through it and having a completion point rather than just like flailing around and just yeah. like, oh, my gosh, what do I need to do? That didn't work. Let me try something else. Yeah and, yeah, and people respect it more as well when you when you make it clear that you have a completion point in mind. Because pe most people are just kind of bumbling around short term algorithmic pleasing, like, oh, if I can just get a one out of 10, if I can just get a one out of 10. And you can sort of sense that desperation. Uh, and, you know, I'm not I'm not very good at not doing that myself. <laughs> yeah, I have to actually try to not do. Yeah, because uh, it's yeah, it's like uh, a lot of us on YouTube end up taking sort of like the American sitcom approach where it's like, let me just ride this into the ground, you know, for as long yeah. as I can which is like, you know, that's what I'm doing on my channel. But you, in the, I guess the luxury, though, is that you can make other series that are different, but sort of the same. And yeah. you're not just writing one thing all the way. Um, yeah, that's it's. Uh, but yeah, again, it's like, how do you give this advice to someone who's like a singer songwriter? It's like, you should try it. <laughs> Try a bunch of different genres and see which one sticks. It's like, dude, I'm playing open mic nights. Like, this is not helpful. So, what do you like? How? What's the most different, um, like, kind of art or medium that you have uh, come across when giving your your coaching services to people? Uh, in terms of like different mediums, it's uh, it's it's like I end up always going back to sort of how can we turn this into social media but the yeah. i guess i guess the most interesting i worked with is like um a, a woman who basically paints uh, she does like body painting and then will like sing a song uh about the 
um, while so she'll like the visuals will be her painting something sometimes herself and then she will have written a song that she's playing in the background so that was like the most interesting uh probably that i can remember in, in recent memory um uh and she has like a lot of great work that came of that including one where she sits in front of a green screen paints herself green slowly disappears um oh, and then, interesting. yeah and then and then paints herself back into reality that's that's a good oh one. wow yeah yeah yeah, that's great. I mean, and that is like very, like very different than you, someone who's just like making videos on YouTube, where it's easy to be like, oh, just, you know, trick the algorithm into giving you views, you know? Yeah. Because um, then there's also like completely different systems of what is successful or not. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, and she, she, she could have, uh, she could have turned that into a full time thing with, um, making art like just selling the art on etsy afterwards and people would have bought it um but i think i think uh i think with her there was probably that resistance of asking for people for money uh for for the art and that was something that we had to we had to get through um but yeah yeah uh let's see well with our we can cut this part out but with the remaining time like what have we what should we touch on to wrap up if there's any way to put a bow on it, or it does, I mean, it doesn't have to come together. There's, there's anything, any, anything I'm I'm involved with is not going to have any kind of bow on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let me think. Uh, let's. Uh, kind of want to talk about. Let's talk about personality types and and how it relates to art. Because like we talked about, so sure, if you're yeah. like overly high conscientiousness, it's bad. Because uh, your your perfection bar is too high, and you might not get anything out. If you're if you're too low in conscientiousness, I mean, you just don't care, and you're like, ah, whatever, eh, I'll I'll do it eventually, and you never do it. Um, so just like centrism, it's always best to be in the middle at all times uh, for the conscientiousness, openness. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I, I associate like I'm obviously high openness, uh, and then that's associated with like being like really weird as an artist, really like strange, like maybe even too strange. Yeah. And then if, you're, if you're too low in openness you uh you don't have you don't have any artistic inclination in the first place right. so again you want to be right in the middle yeah although there there is an element to openness where it allows you like more ability to uh in the emotional realm kind of like synthesize what it might feel like to be someone else in a different situation so right. get like really into the work emotionally mm -hmm. yep that's that, how you get schizophrenia, too high openness. Oh, well. Because <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, you're so high in openness, you're making so many lateral moves, you can just become anybody. That's what happens in a psychotic break. This is why everything's connected, by the way. But you can become like, you're like Jesus, and then you're like a historical figure from the 1700s. And you just, you're not getting very deep into any of those. You're just, oh, schizophrenia is pure laterality. We can get into it, but we're not going to. And then autism is pure verticality. <laughs> well I, I, it's true like you know that there is the um i don't know what the psychological term is but yeah with uh with autism it is like the uh the lack of the ability to put yourself into yeah. the other person's perspective that, that's a theory of mine the autism schizophrenia autism right. spectrum yeah so uh no it's, it's very true so that's openness okay hold on Ex what about extroversion? What what do we think about that in terms of art? I th well, I, 
the thing there is like i feel like the typical the stereotypical artist is more introverted because yeah. it's like more introspective or whatever yeah but extroversion is like it can only help you when it comes time to put your work out there to feel mm -hmm. positive about what you're working on because it's like yeah. the sensitivity to positive emotion and i feel like if you're really low in extroversion it's easy to just be like uh unmotivated because you don't feel very excited yeah. about anything or enthusiastic a lot, of, a lot of people watching uh who are low in introvert low in extroversion will be helped by me because i will allow them to uh market themselves and put themselves out there in a way that isn't comfortable for them um and if you're yeah. high in extroversion then i'll just talk to i'll be your friend <laughs> yes <laughs> We just talk a bunch about yeah and then uh agreeableness does yeah. that would that play i guess it would if it was like that maybe can go to the whole element of seeking the external validation versus just doing what you want although i feel like you could still be high in agreeableness and do whatever you want if we go to myers-briggs then that's mm -hmm. sort of like the um introverted judging function versus extroverted so it's like the mm -hmm. fe's and te's are going to always be more outward focused on you know is this working for other people do other people like this whereas the uh the ti's and fi's are going to be the artists who i feel like there's like more they have they're like the baseball player who either hits a home run or strikes out because they're so committed to uh whatever they're doing that it can either be really good or it's like no one cares about it because they've just like totally missed other people's yeah. uh yeah like if you stumble upon it yourself it's that's such a pure unrefined artistic thing um uh but it but it often doesn't work uh, yeah i don't know i think for uh I, th I think i think actually agreeableness is sometimes manifests as like for in terms of resistance because that's the lens i'm seeing this through is like it manifests as I can't make my art because my mom wouldn't like it. And like a hyper disagreeable person wouldn't think think like that. They'd be right. like, huh, I don't care. <laughs> She's going to have to like it because I'm putting it out anyway. And I, that's how it is. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I feel like I feel like agreeableness can be used as an excuse to 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 you're maybe a little too overly concerned with what the repercussions of you making the kind of art that you want to make would be, especially if it's the sort of art that might be a little socially disruptive. And that's something I have to get over as well. When I'm doing something that is a little bit, I don't know, uh, socially disruptive or cringe or whatever, like I have to just push through that. And it doesn't, it doesn't really come naturally to me, especially like, let's say, um, JJ has this problem as well. Like he, he has troubles doing a man on the street interviews cause he doesn't want to bother anybody. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, like sometimes, sometimes, you know, sometimes this perceived agreeableness can get in the way. Uh, and I'm just talking from the agreeableness perspective because I'm more agreeable. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that that can definitely get in the way for sure. Yeah, it's yeah, it's true. Like if you're too agreeable, you don't want to like I like the man on the street stuff. I can't even like watch it because I'm just like, oh, no, don't bother those people. But even yeah. just like putting stuff out there that could offend people or could could just present a different viewpoint. Mm -hmm. can be very tough if you're too agreeable mm -hmm. and then i guess we can just wrap it up with uh neuroticism which as high as possible <laughs> <laughs> high as possible yeah. i am set mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, uh, yeah i think being a little neurotic uh is good as an yeah. artist i think being a, at least a little bit because neurotic like 
being aware of the negative or the you know anxiety inducing or depressive aspects of life makes yeah. you makes your art more meaningful and relatable right and if you don't have that you're just like i don't relate uh i don't relate a lot to artists who just make songs about like slice of life everything's great all the time funny ha 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 and like never ever talk about their bad days because i have so many bad days that like it's just not relatable to me. Like the like my art, the what I want to do with my art is communicate some some helpful or emotional truths. And yeah. if you don't, if you're not even aware of the problems that most people are going through, then how can you? But anyway, I'm just highly neurotic, so I'm just justifying my existence. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think what we learned from that is the guy who wrote uh, "Bad Day" hit song from 2005. Mm -hmm. High neuroticism. Yes, I know what that is because I was listening to it in 2005. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely was not eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I am getting old. Uh, yeah, it's really it is a bit weird when you get to that age where you're like, this person was born in a year where I consider that to be not that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, this has been a great conversation. We didn't put a bow on it. So well, that's, you know par for the course for we me. uh it leaves people wanting more that's the yeah, whole thing I, I that's so. number yeah. two yeah i think so i think i think that's exactly how it'll go well uh i always love talking to you frank james you're a breath of fresh air in my life well thanks i always like talking to you greg and i like when you coach me and make my life better by giving me advice right that i can use artistically uh, right. And I like when you when you subtly help me out with my own coaching endeavors by saying things like that. <laughs> into the, that yeah. you can put into your yes. very sincere commercial. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we will say uh, goodbye for the podcast purposes mm -hmm. so that it sounds like we ended it like a professional podcast. Goodbye, Bye, Greg. Bye, Frank. Bye for podcast purposes. <laughs>